Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Our scripture reading this evening comes from Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 25. I'll be reading from the King James Version. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. I love that last song, Benjamin. That was, that was wonderful. Haven't we had a good day? And Paul was right. We've had a lot of people who have been visiting today, and we have a number of visitors tonight. You're always welcome here, and we're glad that you have come. One of the challenges, go ahead and put that first slide up, would you please? One of the challenges for preachers, and I know this is true because of just the trends, is that it's very hard uh, not to move with the world's shifting middle. The shifting middle is what people, on average, typically consider to be right. And, And as this world shifts in that, and of course, You don't have to be very smart to see that it has in reference to morality. It's really easy for pulpits to change because what we preach and teach from the Bible can become more and more strange, strange in the way that it's viewed by people on the outside. And I would think that this short lesson tonight is going to be typical of that. That's okay. What I want people to know is that In the Lord's church, we're not pulled one way or another by what the world is doing. We just can't be, not in matters of truth of Scripture. What we're going to do is to keep on teaching and preaching what is true. And this is one of those sermons, too, that is not intended to be correctional as much as it is preventional. Is that a word? I want to to prevent some problems. And to do that, we get the jump on it early. And I want to talk about modest apparel. And I want to make this real simple. I want to talk about five or six things, five easy questions that women ought to ask when they're dressing in the summer. And uh, it's, it's getting plenty hot now. And so it's probably a good time to talk about this. These are not hard questions, but they're relevant. Everyone is very, very important. And so I hope this will be beneficial. Question number one. Is this uh, what I'm about to put on? Does this show respect for my husband? Now, I probably should give give this disclaimer. Is that I I know that it's possible for this discussion to go in the other direction. That we could talk about how men should dress that would be appropriate. And that's relevant. I, I would agree that that's relevant. But... We need to acknowledge that when you have the cautions in Scripture about this subject, it's always gender-specific, and it's always about men being careful about how they look at the women. And it's about how women dress themselves, how, because men are um, sight-oriented. 
They are sight-oriented in a way that a woman will never understand. She will never grasp it. She will accept it. After she marries especially, she will accept it, but she doesn't understand it. And that's, that's okay. It's just the way that God made it. But, but I have Scripture backing this point. Anytime you have a caution about this subject, it's always gender-specific, and it always goes in this direction. So the first question that a woman should ask when she is getting dressed in the hot summertime is, does this show respect to my husband? Here's Genesis chapter 2 and verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. I want to underscore the word his wife. His wife. Remember, those of us who are married, remember when you first married and how wonderful it felt that there was this person in the world that belonged to you? I still feel that way. And there's a person to whom I belong. And, and the Bible doesn't have any qualms about, about saying this is his wife. This is her husband. A man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. Or First Peter chapter 3 and verse 1, the, New, the King James says it this way, Likewise, you wives, be in submission to your own husbands. Your own husband. That man belongs to you. He doesn't belong to somebody else. He belongs just to you. Romans chapter 7, verse 2. A woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. This is her husband. She is his wife. Now, you may look at that and say, well, Glenn, it seems to me like you're putting a lot of emphasis on that. I mean... It's not like a slavery thing where somebody owns somebody else. Well, actually, it's not slavery, but it's pretty strong about owning. It's pretty strong about that. When you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and you start in verse number 2 or 3, it says this. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due her. Likewise, also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another. This is New King James. Don't deprive one another, except with consent for a time or a season, that you may, may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. And then you come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency or your lack of self-control. Now, uh, the King James would use a, what I think is a better translation uh, than, than the New King James. The New King James says, don't deprive one another. And of course, we're talking about the intimacy of marriage. New King James says, don't defraud one the other. Well, you can go to the Greek, and the Greek will bear out that, that it means don't defraud. It means, it just, doesn't just mean don't deprive, but it means don't defraud. And that's, that distinction, I think, is important because it underscores the fact that you belong to one another. There's a possessiveness. That is my husband. That is my wife. We are bound together in the eyes of God to the degree that to misuse what the subject is in 1 Corinthians 7, are you ready for this? Is to defraud. It is to take something that doesn't belong to you and to misappropriate that, to misuse that. I, I would say that the first question, the first question when choosing your clothing for the summer when it's hot. I know. I've been to Walmart. I know how women dress. Some of it will uh, just take your breath away, won't it? Uh, the first question, I think, this summer ought to be, 
Does this, will this show my respect for my husband? Or does it show something else? Because you know what? Some things, can you hear me clearly? Are for your husband exclusively. Your, your body doesn't belong to those other men out there. The, the uh, appearance of your body doesn't belong to them. It belongs solely to your husband. And one of the things you do to show respect to him is by dressing modestly. All right, here's the second one. Number two, when I say, as I look in the mirror, this looks good. Am I thinking this looks sexy? The Bible has an interesting take on the appearance of, of a woman and how she dresses. You take Proverbs chapter 7, for example, and it says that a woman met him with the attire of a harlot. Now, I don't know what that is exactly. I know that she had some clothes on, but those clothes identified her as being in this profession. And then you have Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 22, and it talks about a jewel. This is always kind of amusing. A jewel in a swine's snout. That's his analogy to a lovely, a beautiful woman who lacks discretion. Discretion. I don't know that we use that word very much, but it's a Bible word. It's something that's used there. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, you have, or Titus chapter 2 rather, you have, there you go, thank you, you have the um, admonition of the older women to teach the younger women. And one of the things is that they're to be discreet. I, 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 uh, I think you and, you and I have a pretty good grasp of what it means to be discreet. If you, if you just Google define discreet, you're going to get something like this. Can you show me those definitions? The quality of behaving or speaking in such a way as to avoid causing offense or revealing private information. Okay. See, this is not about my subject that I'm talking about tonight except that it's just a definition, a kind of a walking-down-the-street definition of discreet. Discreet describes someone or something that is appropriately quiet, prudent, and restrained. And so here's, here's the word that's used in Titus chapter 2, and the older women to teach the younger women to be discreet. <coughs> if the question is, or the question should be, when, when getting dressed in the summertime and it's hot outside, does this... When I say, this, does this look good, do I mean, does this look sexy? And if the answer is yes, then the response ought to be, yeah, but I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm married, assuming that you are, and this doesn't, this doesn't uh, portray me as I need to be. Now here's number three. Is this modest? Is it modest? Now, here, here's 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I want to start with the King James translation. Because um, it has, I'm going to show you three or four different translations of this because I think that's kind of interesting. Women adorn themselves, how you dress, that's what it's about. Now, I think that's very, very good to explain what he's trying to say. He didn't describe particular forms of clothing or even draw any particular lines. He just put this in your conscience. It's a conscience matter that you're to dress with shamefacedness. What does that mean? Shamefacedness means the natural, or should be natural, embarrassment that a woman feels if a door is accidentally and inappropriately opened. Does that communicate? It, it, there's, there's just a natural embarrassment about, about these things that a woman, or a man for that matter, should feel, ought to feel, and he's, he's playing on that. 
She ought to dress with a sense of embarrassment about showing herself. Shamefacedness. And the word sobriety means, literally, we know it about drunkenness, of course, inebriation, but, but in this context, it means a similar thing, and that is to see things as they really are. I declare to you, there are an awful lot of people in the world tonight who are pretending that they have not a clue about how things really are in reference to this subject. But, but you have no such fog in your brain. And he says, he plays on that. He says, I want women to dress in a way that has the proper shamefacedness or embarrassment about some things and sobriety. Now, let's go to the New King James. It has a little different wording. In like manner also, the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation. All right, go to the next one. Here's the, um, I think it's the ESV, yeah. Likewise also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. Now, I should underscore here that the word modesty in the definition and in the verse doesn't just apply to being ill-clad. Of course, it does apply to that. But it also applies to, to wearing outlandish clothing. And you might make kind of a broad de- the definition of this being that modest is not calling undue attention to oneself. We use the word modest in a generic way about Oh, other things. If I talked about modest housing, you, you would know what that means. And, and it's not ostentatious. It is, it is something that is quieter than that. In this case, we're talking about clothing. The Webster's Dictionary, 20th Century Dictionary, second edition, divination chapter, or number three, which has to do with our subject for tonight, says not displaying one's body. Modest. Is it is it modest, or is it rather in in a um, in a sexual way, or or however you, whatever word you want to put to it, is it designed to draw undue attention to myself for that reason, for displaying my body? All right, number four. Does it show that I have a Christian love, my brothers in Christ? Does it show that? So here you have Christian brothers around you. Who, who really care about what the Bible has to say. And you know what it has to say. Matthew 5 and 28, whoever looks on a woman to lust after her has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Now I'm telling you what that means to a man is profound. It is profound. It places on him the requirement of controlling his eyes. I didn't originate it, but it's a pretty good thing. And I, I've talked about it a good bit. A man has to learn to bounce his eyes. That is, when his eyes identify something along the lines that we're talking tonight that is inappropriate, talking about a woman, he needs to identify that in his mind, and then he shifts his eyes somewhere else. That's what he's got to do. Because of, if for no other reason, Jesus said this. This is what Jesus said, and I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Then you have 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 13. If food... It's not talking about this subject, but it's a principle. Makes my brother stumble. It's talking about the eating of meats, you know, and sacrifice to idols, and should we or shouldn't we eat them? And they really had a struggle over that. But if it causes my brother to stumble, what's my attitude? I'll never eat meat again, lest I make my brother to stumble. May I ask you a question? You love your brothers like that? You love your sisters like that? And in reference to this subject, then, this is a valid question. 
when, when getting dressed in the hot summertime, thinking about what to wear, what about, and, and you could say it in reference to other men who are not Christians but have the same value inside of them. So do I love them enough to not put a stumbling block in their way? Number five. Number next. And this is the last one. Is this the way that I would like to be treated? Is this the way I'd like to be treated? Now, this, this uh, question uh, is a little bit difficult for me to word. I want to be very discreet in how I say it. So let me give, a, let me give it a go. Here's the point. Is that, is that uh, men are, are wired with sight. Traction by sight. They didn't choose that. They didn't make a decision to be that way. It is the way that they've been, they've been wired by heaven. In a way that, that women don't have. They don't understand. And I, I, can, I understand the argument to the contrary. And I understand about pornography. And it's, it's being done now male-female. But I'm telling you that, that uh, in reality, while that's true, the male is the one who is primarily wired this way. And here's the question, and it's about the golden rule, to do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. A woman ought to ask when she goes to her closet and she selects her clothing during the hot summertime, and I know what trends are and I know what fashion is and all of that, but when she stops to think about that, the question also ought to be, if a man did things to me, and, and, and when we talk about this subject, you would probably say that to do a similar thing to a man may, with a woman, involve touch or words, some things like that. It would be different. But if a man did to me what I will perhaps do to men with the way that I dress, would I be offended by that? I think that she would want to have him arrested for harassment or something. The answer is, what, what a woman does to a man, or potentially will do to a man, with inappropriate dress, is not a kind thing. And it's not the way, can you hear this old preacher? It's not the way she wants to be treated. It isn't. She does not want to be treated like that. And this fanciful thing that women today do, where they, where they dress like anybody has a problem with it, any man has a problem with it, she bears no responsibility at all. I'm not diminishing from his responsibilities when I say that. I'm just saying that that's not right. That's not biblical. That's not how it reads. The last question then would be, is this the way that I like to be treated? Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, which is the golden rule, loosely translated, do unto others the way that you would have them do unto you. So there you are. I'm glad you came tonight. I'm glad you're here. And I hope you're going to have a great work week. I hope you, uh, or school, or whatever you're involved in, I hope it's going to be a wonderful week for you. Christianity is different, and it's different because of the book. It's different because of the redemption. It's different because the truth, which never changes. And the kinds of things we're talking about tonight are anchored in, in just that. And always will be. So long as men are men and women are women, it's always going to be true. I'm just thankful to be a Christian. I, I love being a Christian. The Bible says in John 10 and verse 10, it's the abundant life. 
when you finish living here, you get to go to heaven. I wonder if there's somebody here tonight who hasn't obeyed the gospel. Now would be such a wonderful time. We'll immerse you into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Would you like to obey? Would you like to become a Christian? Would you like to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Now would be a wonderful time. Or if you need the prayers of Christians, maybe you're struggling over something and you'd really like for the church to pray for you personally, we'll be happy to do that. We're going to sing a song of encouragement. If you'd like to respond, come as we stand and sing. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.